Hello, welcome to another episode of the MLES podcast with Luke Flanagan and Tom Dillis. Right, Tom. Hey, hey, how's it going, Luke? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Uh, round two of of takes. Uh, we we just recorded, and then my son cried, um, and I had to get back to sleep. So that's not very good for a podcast. Um, <laughs> so we started again. Um, it'd, be, it'd be okay for a sort of parenting podcast, I think. But yeah, I'm, I guess. I'm not sure. I guess it's it's ideal for this. How to podcast when with three kids? I mean, that that'd be the That'd be the kicker, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we've not recorded for a little while. Um, there's just been so much football and, and life and, you know, everything. But um, Yeah, I mean, we're looking at a summer that had the rescheduled Euro 2020 oh. tournament, which was really good, apart mm. from the final, which we won't talk about. Um, yeah. Then also the Olympics is ongoing right now. The, the men's national team from the US didn't qualify and uh, England obviously doesn't participate as England. It does have a Team GB for the women. The mm. U.S. women's national team started off with a really surprising defeat, but is now yeah, they, they now look like they're going to qualify. I did have to laugh at that. Um, I didn't find it as funny as you, but... Um, <laughs> they, I, think, they I think it was more about the arrogance of them going into the game, thinking it would be easy, and then Sweden talked Well, Sw- Sweden have, uh, were the last team to beat them, and I think prior to that, they were on an unbeaten streak of at least 40 games. So, mm, um, yeah, good, I mean, good team probably good to lose early to, to remind themselves that they actually have to bring their A game. But uh, Potentially. Not, uh, there's also the Copa America... Um, there's the Gold Cup, which is ongoing, which has a lot of MLS players at it. And then there was also the CONCACAF Nations League. So it's been a lot. <laughs> it's been a summer. Of, of, it really has, yeah. And uh, I, I'm, I'm a teacher. I'm on break for another week. Just going to enjoy the Gold Cup US quarterfinal this this Sunday. And uh, they're playing Jamaica. Should be a good mm. one. Um, but yeah, MLS. Let's uh, let's start with that, as that's the yeah, whole let's point do it. of this bloody thing. So I thought what would be good is to catch up with a few teams in the East and a few teams in the West, because it's been a hot minute since we've we've chatted about this. And I think you and I actually have quite a lot of the same talking points. So I was going to start with the East, if that's cool with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay. So sitting atop of the Eastern Conference right now is New England Revolution. I think mm. they've pretty much been there or thereabouts all season. Yeah, they've had a good they, start. To be fair, they yeah. have. They have scored 28 goals this season. Uh, Carlos Hill is on nine assists, which is twice as many as anybody else, pretty much. Um, And their last result, they absolutely gubbed uh, David Beckham and Phil Neville's into Miami FC 5-0. And we'll get to them in a second. Really not looking good for them. (laughs) Yeah, well, maybe we could go there if you want. But the Revs certainly seem like the team to beat. Um, Mm. They've been playing very well getting lots of goals, not really conceding a great deal. And the last time we spoke, the East was kind of all sort of neck and neck. It was hard to Mm. pick any one specific team that was running away with it. But since that time, it seems like the Rebs are really pulling away. Mm. Um, uh, Worryingly, the Rapids have to play them second to last or something in the season. So It could be a a decider. But they're they're unbeaten at home, aren't they? they, Yeah, I I think they've only lost once. Um, so it's not not ideal, um, but yeah, kudos to them. They've been playing very well, uh, and obviously nine assists at this point of the season is pretty good going. So we we did highlight Carlos Hill as being one of the like key mm. players for them, and that, that's definitely come to pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, let's stick in with the East. Let's go. Let's hop from the the top to the bottom. From the top uh, to the bottom. Into Miami. Uh, oh yeah. Oh my goodness, what's going on there? 
Um, well, um, I think, not an awful think lot is, into the uh, opposition net. I think the answer is Phil Neville. Yeah, I mean they've they've only scored nine goals this season, and regular listeners will know that it's kind of a mania of mine to keep track of teams that don't score very many goals. Um, we'll get to that in a, in a bit. Mm, even a Cincinnati bit. have you know yeah. eight more than than Miami do. So, I mean, the last they've, they've lost the last six games are totally bottom of the East. It's really yeah. not looking good. They, to be fair, they haven't won at ish. home, have they? Uh, I don't think so. The only victories have, have two, come away from home. Two wins all season. To be slightly fair, they they have about three games. They have three games in hand on on the well, Rebs, they've played, who they've played, who played the most. They've so, played twelve. Yeah, so you know they're at least two games behind the majority of the teams but in the Eastern I mean, Conference. They're even bottom on points per game because it's not point yeah. six seven. So yeah, I mean, I think hopeless good. is is being a bit generous. Higuain has scored five goals for them. Um, in eight appearances, so he he's still banging him in, I I guess. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, if he, if he has an off day, who else you got? And, yeah, and Bre- that's kind of the thing, isn't it? They 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 just don't look like an outfit that are going to impress anybody. No, and uh, Phil I don't know Neville what Phil I don't know what Phil Neville's philosophy seems to be because he he wasn't popular when he was England women's national team manager. But he um, seemed to try and adopt that sort of Jose Mourinho siege mentality where he was coming in saying everyone wants me to fail. And like, I'm not sure anyone actually wants you to fail, mate. I don't think anyone knew who he was over there, to be honest. Uh, especially with the 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 English women's team, I'm pretty sure everybody was hoping they'd be very successful indeed. So mm. it's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder, perhaps. Um, but it's definitely not working out there. And you've got to imagine that six defeats on the spin, he's going to be looking over his shoulder a little bit. Um, there's been a couple of high-profile coach changes in uh, Atlanta as well. Yeah, so that was an interesting team one. Who seem to be, so they're, they're sitting in 10th with 14 points, which is you know six more than, than Miami, who are on the bottom. But they're, they're well outside struggling. the playoff places. Another six points above them. Uh, so mm. they're, they're not looking good for playoffs. They just sacked uh, Yep Stem and uh, Brian... Heinze. Heinze. Oh, sorry, Gabriel Hindsight. Yeah, excuse me. Mm. Um, I think Yep Stem's actually at Cincinnati. Yeah, no, you're correct. Yeah, um, yeah. they are too. They are like tenth and eleventh. So you know. Well, so um, that's the second. Ronald De was there, or Frank De Boer. Frank De Boer was there last Frank year. Frank De was there last season, and that didn't really work out. Oh. And that, we're talking about two pretty high-profile former players, if not if not coaches. Obviously, De Boer was was managing the the Netherlands national team at the Euros just now. Two mixed reviews. Yeah. He's not super <laughs> reviews, popular as right. a coach. No, he's but, not. Um, he's, he, he was. He last. Well, he didn't even win a Palace game, did he? When he was in charge of Crystal Palace. No, although to be fair, he only got four of them or something. He wasn't. Uh, I think it, I think it was seven or eight. But yeah, you're right. It wasn't. It was like two months or something. Didn't have a. It wasn't a big sample size, but Premier no. League does like to pull the trigger quite quickly. But I, I mean, Atlanta. Right at the end, there there were reports coming out that Martinez was being made to train on his own. And yeah, you um, see. It's, it's really always dangerous. Not, not going to go well for you if you've got your star player. Because who who are they going to choose? Are they going to choose the new coach who seems to be a my way or the highway guy, and then he's just sidelined? You know, one of the best players, if not the best player in the entire competition. I know he's working his way back up from injury, and he scored a few goals, hasn't he? But he hasn't yeah, hit the yeah, form again that he, he did have. But he's had a year long injury that he still needs to get. You know, out of his mind, I think. Yeah, whenever I think about players that that get long-term injuries like that, I think of two. Um, I think of Aaron Ramsey, 
my class. Uh, Arsenal. Uh, no, the other I was going to say is Luke Shaw, actually. I was going to get ah. to him in just a second. But uh, Ramsey, I mean, the, both those players had terrible leg breaks. Yeah, and did. Ramsey needed at least another 18 months after getting back to fitness before he was like the confident player he was before the injury. I, mm. I think we expect these guys to just immediately bounce back and be at the exact level they were at before. But mm. I mean, I, you and I have both played enough football at a basic level to know that if you hurt yourself, you're like pulling out of things and you're not fully committing to challenges. And these yeah. guys are playing at the highest level and also their injuries were terrible. I mean, Luke Shaw, for me, was one of the best players for England this, this tournament. Yeah, he was superb. Um, he was really good. And Aaron Ramsey, I, I, I love, I've got some Arsenal bias kicking mm-hmm. in a little bit. But um, So I, I always think that which we're just so desperate for these guys to get back to the top level right away. And it just doesn't happen that way. But he's played four games and come on as a sub in another four. So out of an available 14 games, he's managed about 400 minutes. Mm. So it's still, still early days in his recovery, but it's never a good sign when your coach is, is making your star player train alone. Cause that's pretty much crunch time at that point. And if you're it's, top of the league, I guess that's one thing, but if you're in the middle, it's yeah. quite another. It's, um, it's interesting to see just how far kind of that mantra have fallen since Gerardo Martino left. Yeah, so well, he, they left, he left. He, he left on a high because they just won. They just won MLS, haven't they? they yeah, the and MLS was, and that team was sensational. I, granted, oh. they've lost a few pieces because they lost Almiron to Newcastle, uh, and they, they, a couple of their other players have have moved on to. Past is a new. Yeah, there was like Vialba on the right, the Argentinian guy. I don't know where he yeah. went. Um, but there was a lot of, of leaves after uh, Atlante. He, he um, Martino went because he's now the manager of the Mexico side, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's interesting well. to see that he's really that they've not been the same team since he's gone. Um, he obviously managed to get a tune out of them, and anybody else that came in has really not succeeded very well at all. Um, to, it'd be a bit of a worry if I was an Atlanta fan. I, I, I like Atlanta to do well because I do, I, I've got a soft spot for Martinez. I think he's a great player, but at the minute it doesn't look awfully good, does it? it? It does not particularly. And I mean, two coaches in two years, you're looking for yeah. that consistency. Um, they certainly don't seem to have it at the moment. No. Um, I wanted to move to two expansion teams sure. uh, that we've mentioned both of them already, but I just want to start with FC Cincinnati because we've got to check mm. in. With the old yeah, gold towel, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's been a it's been a hot minute since we podcast last season. As regulars as we'll know, um, Cincinnati only scored twelve goals in the regular season. Uh, they surpassed that total uh, mm-hmm. actually two weeks ago. They were involved in, and it, if you can get the highlights on YouTube of this game, it was absolutely bananas. Uh, they lost five four oh, to Montreal. Did, yeah, Montreal, they uh, came they back two, as well, didn't they? It was well, four no, two. they they went two zero up. Then it was tied to two two. Montreal caught up. Then they went two up again to four. Yeah, four two, and ended up losing it, yeah. the game five five four. But I mean, how many? It's a very exciting game to track down on YouTube. Well worth your time. That that um, game kind of to me epitomizes what MLS is often to me. Just yeah. like exciting end to end football with some well, just probably kind kamikaze of, defending and like yeah, people, rules out the window. Yeah, exactly. Um, just just going hell for leather. It, it was an extremely fun highlights package to watch. I wish I'd seen Certainly that game was. live, but yeah. I believe I was at the Rapids when that was taking place. So I was watching my own team get a win instead, um, yeah. which was nice. But yeah, so 17 goals now. Um, one of the players we highlighted at the beginning of the season was uh, Luciano Acosta, 
who was formerly of DC United. He's got four goals and three assists in 11 games. So that, that move looks like it's working out reasonably well. Um, and they're, they're sitting in 11th and they're well off the playoff pace at the moment. Mm. But, you know, at least they're scoring some goals. Well, I mean, the, the <laughs> bottom three teams have been pretty rotten, haven't they? Because you've got Chicago. Yeah, Chicago have been very poor. Miami, they've, they've all been pretty stunk the place out. But I think Cincinnati, because they had such a bad season last season, they, they kind of see this is like a, a consolidation season yeah. to just try and even try and push for the playoffs. Still I mean, they're, conceding a lot. 26 they are still goals. conceding a lot, but Toronto they're scoring the more than they have done, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, when you start with a base of 12. Well, they've now yeah. scored more goals than Columbus have, and they won it last year. So yeah, That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, Columbus are, are, haven't quite hit their stride either, have they? Mm. Uh, lots, of, lots of ties this season. I guess um, the, the other one you were going to talk about was Nashville, right? Yeah, so Nashville sitting fourth in the table. Um, they've got 23 points, so mm. they're seven off the top spot. Game, game in hand over New England, but they, they also have drawn a lot of games, eight draws, but they, they don't concede very many. 14 is the lowest in the East apart from Columbus. And uh, they, um, they, they've got Mukhtar, German striker, yeah. who's scored yeah. seven goals this season already. And they've, they've only actually lost one game, which mm. is tied with um, your lads, Seattle in the, in the, the West, which we'll get to mm-hmm. in a minute. Um, but, you know, that's pretty good going, especially for these teams that are set up and, and much newer um, within the, the division. Well, they, they, their home form has been excellent because they, what, won five, drawn five? Yeah. Well, I mean, well, if you only lost not, one game not won, They've not won away from home, though. <laughs> they've got three draws and one loss away from home. It's a bit of an odd one, really. It's just you, you're either going to get... Well, you're going to get goals, but you, you're either going to get the win or... Uh, or a draw with them. The, 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 you said we've only lost one game. Pretty mental. Yeah, I, I, this is something that, that I always find interesting about MLS also is that there's not like an equal distribution of how like, you're not playing home, then away, then away, then home. And no, there's, so, sometimes there's a lot of road games altogether. And... Yeah, well, the Rapids played from from the end of May until nearly all of June. All the games, I think there were four, <clears> they played four away games. And then mm. July, they've actually had four home games. So it, it's a bit, doesn't quite follow the same structure. And mm. uh, something else that, that seems to eat into these teams' consistency is that there's an international tournament happening right now. There's a Gold Cup, um, which is nations from North America and also from the Caribbean and um, some of Central America also. And uh, they, they take players out of the squads, but they don't have an international break. So the Rapids no. are missing three of their pretty key players at the moment and uh, still have to just keep, keep trucking, which is a bit frustrating when you're, when you're a fan and especially when you're used to European soccer where it pauses. So yeah, assuming it, you it watch just carries on, doesn't it? So if, if you've yeah. got a load of designated players that are then going to feature for those teams, it's pretty frustrating. Well, yeah, it feels like it's punishing you a little bit for having successful players. And I know that I've got a lot of friends here who are US men's national team fans and they get a bit frustrated that, there aren't as many players in MLS who are also internationals. But then this is, is kind of the, the flip side. <laughs> Sam Vines, yeah. for instance, plays left back for the Rapids. He's one of our best players. He's gone for the Gold Cup. And, you know, we're just kind of out of luck with that. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice if there was a pause. But I understand why there isn't because it is also a long tournament. Uh, it's, only, it's only just entering the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. I think it's been two weeks already. Uh, maybe, maybe even a little bit longer. Maybe three weeks. So... 
Yeah, uh, so let's kind of stay the East. Seattle, um, we'll, we'll get to the West in a second, but Rev's sitting on the top. Orlando, Philly, Nashville, Montreal, Columbus, and New York all sitting in playoff spots right now. It is a bit congested amongst all those teams that aren't New England. Um, mm. The Revs have, have been banging them in. They've scored the most. Uh, Columbus have conceded the least, and it does look pretty woeful for Inter-Miami, um, as well as Toronto and Chicago. Toronto, that's they've mm. also had a bit of a fall, really. They've conceded a lot of goals. 31, yeah, they haven't really scored. They've had an awful lot banged past them and it's their away form they've lost six out of eight they'll uh, they'll have to pick it up when it gets, starts getting a bit colder in, in Canada and becomes less fun to go play it <laughs> yeah absolutely um, All right. so, so that's the East East Conference that's the state of the East so now looking at the West uh, I guess we'll start with the Sounders uh, yeah. only, only lost one game this season uh, only conceded nine goals sitting mm. on top of the league with 32 they also have uh, Rui Diaz, who's been the top scorer in the division so far with 11. Um, I did see them in person on July 4th and was spectacularly unimpressed with how boring they were. Um, yeah, I think they went very defensive away from home. They, they did, but that. that was also the first Gold Cup game. So they were missing a couple of players, I think, for, for squads, which is, you know, is obviously a challenge. They, mm. I think also playing at altitude in Colorado, getting one goal early and just deciding to sit on it isn't exactly the worst decision. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they did not exactly blow me away, but those stats don't lie. If you're not conceding very many, you're scoring quite a few, you're going to be at least winning or tying your games, and that's going to put you in playoffs. Well, it was they, one uh, wasn't it, when, when you yeah. saw them? Yes. Um, and I mean, for the last game, I don't know if you saw Rui Diaz's last goal game. from about 45 yards out. I actually um, did not. But Yeah, it was a worldy, um, really was very good, but they went to Austin. Uh, Seattle play a very specific system that I've noticed this year where they, they kind of go 5-2-3. It's very odd. But the, the wingers, the wing-backs, if you will, are kind of overlap. And in the end, it becomes sort of five going forward. And the two holders kind of sit. And the, one of the things that they've actually got is youth that they can bring in. Um, yeah, there's a couple of broke, youngsters. They broke records against Austin. Um, I was just going to mention it. They had uh, Atencio, who's played this season anyway, um, who's 19. Ethan Dobler, who's 18. Uh, Danny Laver, who's 18. And then the two youngest is Reed Baker Whiting, who's featured a few times. Um, he looks about 11. Um, <laughs> he's, he looks really young, um, but obviously he's 16. He's featured before, and then there's Obed Vargas, who was only fifteen, fifteen, yeah, and three hundred and fifty-one days. So he is nearly sixteen. Um, but well, they, so they obviously have have a good kind of Sounders two team, and then they've got links with um, Tacoma Defiance as well, because basically with injuries, international duty, and suspension, they basically were screwed. <laughs> So they well, qualified for extreme hardship and then they, they also kind of added some loan players, like short-term loan players in there from Tacoma. Um, I think that um, Obed Vargas also, he's 15. Uh, he's obviously almost 16. But there was a ruling recently for a, a women's player that was passed. She was also 15 and wanted to participate in the league and she couldn't because of like, I'm pretty sure it's child labor laws that prevented her from being allowed to play at, at being that young. And she won the case. So I'm wondering if that had implications for him too, because I well, don't know. It's, he's a, 
He's only played the one game. He has. Um, he um, he became the third youngest player in history to either start or play in a match, which is pretty impressive, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Lever and Double Air um, came in, and you've got what sort of kid is eighteen, a kid is fifteen. You, you've got youth in that side, and they managed to grind out a one 0 win. I don't think Austin, when it's full, is a particularly um, pleasant place to go because they'll have a vocal backing. It's their first season as a as a franchise, isn't it? So, yeah, it's also going to be hot. And I mean, I went to the Austin uh, game here in, in Colorado, and they they were. A, this is, I think, a reflection on how many people left Austin and moved to Denver, but there was a, at least 3,000 fans, which is the biggest away following I've ever seen at Aberdeen yeah. by some margin. I mean, away games are, are, are quite different here right? in Denver. Yeah, they are sparsely populated. It kind of depends that, that, you know, people who live in that particular city, you know, if, if you were a Sounders fan and you lived in Denver, you would go to the away game, wouldn't you? Because you live in that city, but it's very rare now that you're going to get people flying across the country just to see the team. Yeah. Um, just I, the, the distance is just makes it impossible. It definitely surprised Steven Gerrard for sure when he was playing for the, the Galaxy, how much he would actually have to be like flying to to make it to games oh, yeah. as opposed Unlo- to like hopping. Until you've lived in the States, I really don't think you understand how big the country is. No, it is colossal here. Um yeah, it's I'm just just looking at the act, it wasn't it wasn't a child labor law, it's a Sherman Act, which is an entry trust law, but there was a fifteen year old uh, uh, who wanted to play in the NWSL for the yeah. Portland Thorns. Olivia Moultrie is her name. So I'm wondering if she blazed the trail and then and then your boy followed it. But Possibly. Either yeah. way, um, I mean, it's, it's still looking really great for the Sounders. They've got goals coming in from a few other people. It's not just Rui Diaz. Montero has a couple. Yeah, you've got Alex Roldan is, is missing. He's played for Guatemala. Um, yeah. He's a miss for them as well because you have obviously... Um, the two roll downs, Christian as well, but I don't think he's actually. I think he's injured, so he's not been playing. But Alex rolled out on the right, the right wing back has has been crucial at the start of the season and yeah, three assists this season. Yeah, currently he's playing uh, for Guatemala. Um, he, I think his mother is Guatemalan, and um, I know he, he notched his first goal up in the Gold Cup. So props to him. Yeah. Um, um, who's the next down, team? Slide down the table, I wanted to check in with Galaxy because, again, uh, one of the questions we had at the start of the season is, will Chicharito find his scoring boots, which he duly has done. He's he has. second top scorer in the league. He has 10, which is, represents about 43% of Galaxy's goals. Mm. Um, so not quite half. Uh, Rui Diaz has, about, has 46% of Seattle's goals. So both those guys, pretty clutch for their their teams they're sitting in third right now but the thing that i think is most interesting about them is they scored 23 goals which is pretty good but they've conceded 22 which is yeah. less good um so it's, it's very uh very galaxy though that yeah need to tighten up at the back for sure though but they're currently sitting in third you know comfortably in a playoff spot the west i think there's a lot of teams sitting tied around sort of 13 through 18 point mark um, so yeah. there is a bit more of a split between the teams that are towards the top of the table and then the mid-table is all very close. Uh, the Rapids are sitting in fourth. They've got two games in hand on Seattle. Uh, I have had the pleasure of going to the stadium several times since we last spoke. I haven't seen them lose for a while, which is pretty lovely, although they did get well beaten by Kansas City, who were also playing really well. Uh, yeah, they're, right they're doing on, well. Right on the Sounders' tail. Um, 
yeah, the, the Rapids are unbeaten at home in seven. Uh, they've got two games in hand. They've scored quite a bit, but they don't really have a number nine, which I think is really going to hurt as long term. Mm. Um, I, FC Dallas was on Wednesday. I had the pleasure of being there with with a bunch of my friends from school, which was really cool. Uh, we're sitting right behind the goal, which is always fun. Um, Sam Vines, the left back, is being heavily linked. There's nothing official yet because he's on on international duty with the goal with the US team at the Gold Cup, but he's being linked with a move to Belgium, which is a shame. <laughs> Definitely spent a long time on these podcasts banging on about how teams in Europe need to look at MLS for value. And then now that it's happening to my club, we get it. <laughs> Please don't do it. No, no, no. Look at some of the other clubs, not this one. He, yeah. he is really good. And the Rapids, most of their attacks, I think something around like 46% of their attacks are coming down the left. Uh, and that's that's largely due to him. He, he's, a, he's a great fullback. So be sad to see him go, but supposedly the rappers will get quite a bit of cash and also some future revenue. I, I could see him going, I, I don't want to say all the way to the top, but he scored his first goal for the US men's national team. He's still very young, local lad. Be a shame to see him go, but um, the other the other player I want to talk about was Cole Bassett for the Rapids, who's, he's uh, 20 now. He is definitely uh, a youngster also, although not quite as young as some of the guys playing for the Sanders. But <laughs> He has been really great this season, starting to really grow into this sort of attacking midfielder role. He's got three goals and an assist. Uh, he's 19. Um, Going to give Danny Wilson a shout-out just to annoy Tim. Uh, he's also been playing really well. Um, why why does it annoy Tim? Tim just doesn't care for Danny Wilson, and so I have to mention how, how good a season he's having just to annoy him. Okay. The Rappers are spreading their goals out, which is quite nice. Uh, Barrios has four, Bassett has three, Ruby has three, Shinya Shiki has two, scored a real, uh, got a really nice assist. Also I like today. him. He's... Yeah, I like him too. He's an absolute pest. Yeah, uh, he is. Is, just... the, uh, is the MLS Jamie Vardy? Very similar, yeah. Just very annoying. Just always kicking at you and, and giving it. Mm. Giving it he just does not give it up, does he? So. Yeah, I've got a lot of time for him. Um, Jonathan Lewis has, hasn't played very much, which has been a bit frustrating for me because I got his name on jersey uh, mm-hmm. but he's away with the men's national team at the moment so hopefully when he comes back he can get more starts he's like seven sub appearances like to see him start anyway this ends the rapids moment on the, uh, on the podcast <laughs> i'll rein it in the other team i wanted to check in with is another team sitting just below the rapids there that's lafc yeah uh, i think it's they're doing they're doing pretty well the last uh, six games four wins two losses they've got I, I would suggest they're not quite firing on all cylinders yet um, Vea, Vea has three goals and four assists. Rossi has five goals and one assist. Um, but it just doesn't feel like they've quite clicked this season in the way that they were playing last season. They were one of the, the division's best teams last year. Um, so pr- worryingly, I'm sure they'll kick on uh, in the second half of the season. Um, but yeah, FC Dallas are sitting on the bottom. It's not really seemed to work out very well for them. They had a coaching change because uh, Preya went to Oscar Preya went to uh, Orlando, I believe. So they, they've had a, a shift in, in management. I'm not sure that that's working out so far, not scoring very many. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's much, it seems to be much tighter at the top of the West than mm. in the East. The East yeah, seems to be much yeah. tighter in the middle. So um, Kansas are, are a really good team. Galaxy are, are always dangerous. The Timbers are, they haven't been playing quite so well this season, but they're still there or thereabouts. There is a lot Minnesota... of pressure on their uh, on their coach. I seem to see on all the 
Portland message boards and fan groups and stuff, they all seem to be call, calling for his head. But I mean, it's quite inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, what won six, lost six, drawn one. Yeah, it's, uh, you either yeah. get a win or a loss. That's really. it. That's it. It, uh, and then Minnesota United have t- kind of turned it around after their poor start. To the yeah, they didn't start, start too well, did they? But they're, they're clawing it back. They've still got a negative goal difference, but they've got five wins, five losses, three draws. Three, yeah, so again, it's it's kind of either going their way or not going their way. But um, uh, it's a shame because they were, they were like, uh, what? Race with the Wooden Spoons, Miami, Toronto... Or at Dallas, a pretty yeah, poor. Vancouver and San Jose are both down there too. Yeah, Austin are on thirteen points as well. It, it always feels a, a bit harsh to be so critical of a new franchise team in comparison. I mean, FC Dallas, it been kind of bigged up quite a lot because a lot of their youth players have been picked up by European teams. There's been at least three or four of their youngsters that have been either trialing or or gone out and and been signed by buying. Juventus, um, so you know their 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 academy is well celebrated, but they are really not having a good season, and they were absolutely hopeless on Wednesday. They yeah. didn't they didn't really do anything. The only time they had a real chance was when Yarbrough, our keeper, decided that what he wanted to do was play a short clearance to one of their players, uh, which wasn't not ideal. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I mean, the Sounders and the Reds are still the teams to beat. Uh, I, I would be a little bit afraid of, of playing Orlando or Philly right now because they both seem to have their their houses in order. Quietly confident about the Rapids, um, at least making playoffs. Really would like us to sign a striker, though. Just looking at, at goal scorers, Rui Diaz and Chicharito are the only two in double figures, but Kansas City have Saloy, uh, Boo at New England, and Busca both have seven. Um, New England banging them in for fun at the moment. Nani is also up there, which is, you know, if you're looking for Premier League, also runs. Yeah. Um, he's he's there. And uh, Ola Kamara has six for DC United. He's a bit of an MLS journeyman, but he, he is. Uh, yeah, he's played for a lot of clubs, hasn't he? He has, yeah. Uh, he was at Columbus. Uh, and he's, he's definitely been at at least, I would guess, four. Mm. Over or under on that? Let's see. I remember DC United, Saturday LA Columbus, LA Galaxy, DC United. So three, that was one. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, he, he seems to be the first one who's traded at the end of the season. Yeah, which is a shame. He had a really great season for Columbus in 2017. He got 19 goals. It's mm. been, not been quite as prolific since then, but he's got, he's got six this season so far. Um, yeah, I was a little surprised he wasn't called up for the Norwegian national team, but... Um, they didn't. They didn't make it to the Euros, though, did they? Norway. No, they didn't. Which was a bit. And also, I mean, he's not taking a shot off Haaland, is he? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Let's not have that. Um, was there another team you wanted to focus on in the West? no? D- that no, good? that was kind of where I where where I was at for now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Looking at uh, other things that are happening, there's so the Gold Cup's ongoing right now. Yeah, uh, there's four four games this weekend. I think one of them might actually be kicking off in about an hour. Qatar play El Salvador um, today, mm. today, and Mexico play Honduras later on. Uh, Costa Rica have Canada tomorrow, and then the U.S. play Jamaica. Um, so, U.S. Jamaica is obviously one I have I've heavily underlined because I have a few Rapids players on the squad. Jamaica have put a, have got a lot of players who are kind of maybe born in England but have Jamaican heritage. Um, 
Mm. So there's quite a lot of familiar names in there. Um, if you're a FIFA player, they have um, a couple of guys who get like really good in that. Um, I'm trying to remember. They, they have a, a guy from Leverkusen who is absolutely rapid. Um, his name is it's absolutely escaped my brain. Leon Bailey. Andre oh, yeah, Gray. he's good. He's good. Yeah, he's, I like he's Leon Bailey. really good. Very fast. They've got Andre Gray, who who played for Burnley and also I think he's, oh, yeah. I think he's still at Watford. Uh, Mary Apper is in the squad, uh, plays for, for Watford. Ravel Morrison is Ravel uh, Morrison, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Ravel. Yeah, Bobby, uh... Bobby Dukova Reed, also, who was in the yeah. Premier League with Fulham and Cardiff yeah. before that. Liam Moore, who I think plays for Birmingham City. So there's quite a lot of, of players that you recognize if you're a Premier League person or a football manager. Yeah, uh, so that's that is that Monday? That's uh, be Monday in England, yeah. It's yeah, um, Sunday seven night. Seven thirty yeah. PM here in, in Colorado, so it'll be at two thirty in the morning. Might be can one. I, might be one can I ask? Can I ask why Qatar are in the Concacaf Gold Cup? Yeah. So initially, Qatar was supposed to be in the Copa America, um, but because of the pandemic, I don't think they actually uh, participated in the Copa America. They're trying to get international experience so that because they don't... Are they like a guest team so they can get yeah, so stuff for next year when they host the World Cup, right? I don't think the Gold Cup usually does this, but Qatar badly needs some experience playing international football before they host the World Cup so they don't crash out immediately. Well, they, when they beat Honduras, which is no mean feat, to be honest. Well, I mean, they made it through the, the group stage. They beat Granada. Um, I, don't mean, I don't think Granada would put an awful lot of... Pressure, and then they drew with Panama, so they did pretty well. Yeah, I'm not. I, I don't know that I've talked about this on the podcast, but I am intending to boycott the World Cup next year, which is going to be absolutely miserable. <laughs> um, but I just can't, in good conscience, give money to something that's cost seven thousand people's lives for a fucking. Football yeah, tournament. to be fair, excuse I do, my language. I do know um, um, I know a few people who are boycotting it, but I just can't do that yeah and well you know what's going to happen if i do that is that england will win so make sure you thank me afterwards but i I just can't do it so uh i'm not watching any of the qualifiers i'm watching highlights on youtube a week after they've gone up if i really want to but i haven't Mm. really been super interested yet but i know it's going to get a lot harder when the actual world cup rolls around but uh the qatar uh for those uninitiated or unfamiliar qatar kind of got that world cup allegedly through large bribes and then they've been using foreign nationals to build their stadiums and haven't exactly had health and safety rules and regulations and uh, about 7,000 people have died constructing stadiums so far which feel a bit ancient Rome to me. Um, Yeah potentially and I do sometimes think when Qatar got the World Cup Mayor Quimby was involved in some way, shape, or form, with his kick racks and slush funds, um, I'm sure he yeah. was involved in that somewhere. But it was it was a dodgy deal, clearly, um, because Infantino replaced um, the previous head of FIFA, whose name escapes me. But he the, got set, it was set Platini, Blatter. wasn't it? Uh, Platini briefly, but Platini then... briefly, but it was just it's corrupt all the way from the top to the bottom. Really, um, just the bidding process is is dodgy as it's all about. Lots of suitcases of money, I feel like, get exchanged. Um, yeah. But it, it, even having said all that, 
the World Cup is traditionally a summer tournament. It's going to be moved it's to the winter, winter because yeah. Qatar is the desert and it's quite hot there. So they say. Um, so uh, they've they've they're going to have to rearrange the whole calendar, which has already been pretty disrupted the last two years because of COVID. Um, yeah, I, I just can't in good conscience get behind it. So I'm going to be sitting out. But Qatar and I'm just checking. Don't think there's any other teams from outside of the usual group. No, there think, isn't. Well, Suriname and Guadalupe are both South American countries, but Guad- I'm not. So I'm not sure no, why they Guadalupe, are. Guadalupe, Central America, isn't it? Um, we're about to do some basic geography here. I thought it was a Caribbean island. Um, you might be. Uh, no, you're correct. It's also uh, French affiliated. I thought Suriname I, was similar. I thought that was off the coast of. Like uh, there's South a couple America. of teams that are participating. No, Suriname is a, is in mainland South America. It's next to Guyana and French French oh. Guiana. But I, so I'm not sure exactly how that works. Maybe there was but a pre qualifier or something. I guess. I don't yeah. Know. I'm wondering also if if just they didn't make it to the Copa America, but they are able to participate. I mean, I'm all for more teams participating in soccer tournaments. It feels a bit weird for Qatar to be there. But they were definitely supposed to participate in the Copa America alongside, I think, Japan. And then because the Copa was yeah, a disaster was, for yeah, COVID also. Yeah, I mean, it got moved it. once. And then the entire Venezuelan, well, the entire it, Venezuelan squad got sent home as well. They had it was, to send 23 new players out. It was supposed to be in Colombia initially. And then there was some yeah, uh, political unrest in Colombia. Argentina. So it moved to Argentina. Yeah, yeah. Argentina moved Brazil. it because of COVID. Brazil took it. Which makes no sense because Brazil's COVID numbers are even it's worse. Even worse than um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of it's just, just a huge international. It's just a, just a cold, mess. wasn't it? It's just a cold. He said. Then he got it, didn't he? Quite ironically, he had to go to hospital because he had hiccups for ten days. He's a very odd person. I mean, hiccups for ten days would be like torture, like absolute torture. God, anyway. how would you sleep? Anyway, so just to recap of those uh, quarters, so we've got uh, Qatar, El Salvador, Mexico, Honduras, Costa Rica and Canada, and then the US yeah. play Jamaica. Just taking a look at some of the players that hasn't been the most, there's not been like one player who's been running away with goals so far, but there's uh, uh, Sile Larin, Kyle Larin, who's Canadian. Um, I'm not sure if that's Sile. Was it Lauren? Yeah, um, yeah, he was playing in MLS, but I'm not sure that he is anymore. I think he got transferred to Turkey. Um, he was, he used to play for Orlando City, but now he's at um, Besiktas. Uh. Uh, and uh, he, he scored three goals. He's currently the tournament leader for goals. Uh, I wanted to talk about DK just for a minute. Daryl DK. Yeah, so he was on loan at, at Barnsley last season. And he I was. think he got nine or ten goals and he, he looked good. Uh, for Barnsley, came back to MLS with a very large price tag on him. I'm not sure if anyone's going to take Orlando up on that, but he does look really good. He kind of reminds me, and this isn't going to be a flattering comparison initially, but um, similar to Josie Altador in that he's like... Oh, it's the stature and the presence. Yeah, well, he's, yeah. He's, very, he's very physical, very hard to get off the ball, quite low centre of gravity, very powerful. He's got two goals for the US, but... He looks really good, um, and he looked good for Barnsley last season too. So I'm wondering if anyone's going to take a take a shot at him. Um, I think his, they're talking about twenty million dollars being the the price tag, which is obviously not cheap. But is it still the case where you have to pay the league and not the player, not the club? I think the club would take a, a portion of that, and the league would take the rest. 
Um, and But then depending on how that breaks down, the club can use it to either sign more players with transfers or they can reinvest it into the club so they can yeah. put it into the academy or, you know, just pay everybody more. Yeah, uh, it's a bit confusing with MLS's is, is salary. Yes, salary structure deals. is just a bit strange, isn't it? it? It's certainly strange compared to England, but then you know you're not ending up with like Alexis Sanchez on three hundred and fifty grand a week, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, but the US scored against Canada. They scored their fastest goal in history. It was twenty seconds. Yep. Basically from kickoff. Yeah. Um, and the US has been fielding a team. I think it that, I may be wrong about this. But it, it, I think it's the youngest team they've ever played in terms of experience. I think the average was five caps. And there were two players who had um, sort of 16 and 25. So they were pulling the average up quite a bit. Uh, the Gold Cup is obviously it's not quite to the same standard as some of the other tournaments, um, you know, like the World Cup or yeah. even Copa America. So uh, it's a good opportunity to blood in some very young players, which the U.S. national team has, has duly been doing. Um, the other tournament that took place at the beginning of June was the CONCACAF Nations League. And that was actually in Denver, which was awesome because that meant I got to go to one of the games. Uh, my friend Daniel got married on the second game. Uh, so I, I was at that wedding, awesome which was the time. final. Um, yeah, it was um, indeed. It was a very awesome wedding. Great, great time. But it meant we the, the game that was taking place was the final. USA-Mexico, always a tasty rivalry. Oh, yes. Um, the US went 1 0 down, but managed to win the game 3 2. But the highlight of the game probably yeah. was a, a goal. Uh, there had to be a goalie switch. Zach Steffen, who plays for Manchester City, got injured. He, he pulled something in his, his quad, I think, but he had to go off. And Ethan Horvath, a, uh, tw- I think he's 24, 24 year old goalkeeper, came on. He's actually a hometown guy, or at least he's from Colorado. Uh, Highlands Ranch, I believe. My Daniel, whose wedding it was, has had the privilege of of training with him, which I think was pretty exciting. But and he's just recently joined Nottingham Forest. Also, he came on and saved a penalty, which is his third penalty save for the US. Yeah, so it was a good save as well. It was, yeah, it was a very good save, and it was right in front of the the outlaws, the uh, uh, US rabid fan base. And you know, as a hometown boy, it was obviously pretty exciting for him. So the US went on to win that game 3-2. There was some pretty um, disgraceful behaviour by the Mexican fans as well. Um, yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't see that, but uh, it was, was an interesting... thrown and all sorts okay, of all stuff. Right. Yeah, it was bad. They also... So uh, there is a, a common uh, chant for when a goalie is running up to take a kick, um, which is kind of a... Uh, homophobic slur that they, they had to pause the game and announce over the, the loudspeaker not to do it, please. Um, but yeah. they didn't end up stopping the game. So I think it either quietened down or, or they just started ignoring it. But um, I think, I could be wrong here, but I think Mexico is going to experience some sanctions for that. Yeah, I'm sure they'll have to play behind closed for doors. For the or... qualifiers. But um, it was kind of a unique setup for the previous game, the game I was in attendance for. And I don't know that this would ever happen in in. England or in Europe, but they played two games kind of back to back. So the US played Honduras and then uh, Mexico played Costa Rica. So one ticket got you into both games. Uh, we, it's a mile high stadium, which is the, the, or what is it called now? It's got a sponsored name. I can't remember what it is. Everyone calls it mile high anyway. Who cares? Um, right. <laughs> we were sitting right in the middle, but at the very top. And let me tell you, it is steep on that third tier. Um, very, very steep angle of, of seats, but we were right in the middle and those seats were really good. Uh, what 
was really fun was being part of the US game and watching that. But then we got to stick around and watch uh, Mexico, Costa Rica, which is really cool. Got to participate in a wave, um, like an actual wave, uh, which was pretty great. I won't lie. <laughs> I think yeah. I sent you the video. But yeah, you did, I definitely, yeah. definitely nerded out for a second. Um, for people not familiar with English culture, I guess in England we call it a Mexican wave because it was popular at the so the seventy two World Cup and then the eighty. Yeah. Um, here they just call it a wave, and I think actually it's kind of insensitive to call it a Mexican wave. So um, apologies. That's just how I learned that it was called, but it's clearly not correct. But it was really fun to be part of an actual wave with Mexican fans. That was really fun. Um, the game was, it wasn't particularly sold out for the semifinals, but the final, I think, had a really good attendance. And for me, that's quite exciting because Denver is in the running to be one of the host cities for the 2026 World Cup, which will be the next World Cup I can participate in. Um, and uh, I'm hoping that their strong fan performance means that we, we get ourselves... Uh, some games at that World Cup because that would be really exciting. It would. Um, I don't care which teams will be here. I will absolutely save up for about two years and go to to those games. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that was really fun. Uh, Euro twenty twenty did feature a few uh, players from MLS. Um, there was Lod, who's who's a man, Minnesota United player, um, and Gre- Gregus also, who's Slovakian. They're both Minnesota United players. Uh, there were two Hungarians, also one from FC Dallas, one from Philadelphia Union. I think it's good for the league that there's some internationals taking part in tournaments, even though maybe Slovakia and Finland weren't weren't the biggest teams taking part in that tournament. It was yeah. Finland's first appearance at finals, I believe. It was, yeah, and they they beat um, Denmark, Denmark in that yeah, horrific although, game. But yeah, uh, there was some circumstance there for sure. Yeah, <laughs> Christian Eriksen, um, that was that was crazy. It was the whole tournament was was very enjoyable. There were a few things that were found a bit disagreeable, most notably England fans and Hungary. Well, also the the behaviour of England fans from the final was just a disgrace, really. Well, and I think that wasn't the Denmark game also shining a a laser at Kasper Schmeichel. And there were a couple of horrible Twitter things. There's always so many horrible Twitter things um, with uh, kids being shown crying and then people tweeting about how they deserve to be crying. It's just really depressing. Yeah, yeah, but there was a that awful like you, you see the the thing after it where the Welsh guy had um, basically said, oh, "I'm going to do a GoFundMe campaign." Oh for yeah, this for girl that who's got girl abuse, and then pocketed um, the cash. But when they didn't do that, actually, um, they they finally contacted the the girl, and she said, "Oh, we'll give it all to UNICEF because I don't need it." And um, it was then revealed that he was actually. Uh, been accused of, you know, paedophilia. Um, Great. Yeah. So it, it suddenly his account was locked because lots of people had found old tweets that were very disturbing. Um, oh, it was just a yeah, it was just a very very odd situation. Um, one of which I then didn't go into um, because I just thought, well, no, I don't need any yeah, of this. Gonna, I don't need to gonna, be depressed anymore. Not going <laughs> to learn anything from this. It's going to make the situation better. Yeah, it was very disappointing and then the behavior of England fans when the inevitable penalty shootout defeat I've got a soft spot for Arsenal as you know so I was, I was very upset for Saka it's just 19 I can't yeah, believe that yeah, a 19 just... year old took that penalty but I really don't want to harp on about it because I only just no, got over it's, it. yeah, um, it's depressing um, I will say that um, I've been receiving a lot of recommendations for the 
the TV show um, Ted Lasso, uh, which right. I, I actually haven't started watching yet. But I did notice Jason Sudeikis at the premiere wore a T-shirt with shouting out all the players who missed the penalties, uh, Marcus, Bukayo and Jaden. Uh, I think it said on his shirt and that I just thought that was really awesome. I was really hoping that somebody would set one up that you could buy that then donate it to a charity, but I haven't seen that so far, but that show supposedly is very wholesome. And in these very unwholesome times, I think next week I'm going to take the plunge before I have to go back to school and break is over because I think we could all do with a bit of soccer related wholesomeness. in definitely. our lives. Um, So I'll definitely report back on that the next time we do one of these in presumably October. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Ah, self-burn. Bazing. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Otherwise, I mean, the Premier League's coming back soon. Football never, ever, ever stops. The Championship's back soon. Did you want to plug your Hull City credentials real quick? Uh, Yeah, it's going to be a tough season. That and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> we currently are under an embargo, so we can only sign free agents. Oh, wow. Uh, and What's going we, on there? Uh, we basically last year took a loan out um, from the AFL, which was allowed, but it means that basically we were strapped for cash. Um, so we basically didn't really pay any money for anybody. We just got, you know, free agents, etc. And um, yeah, until that loan's repaid, we are stuck under that embargo of loan players, maximum six months, or free agents. Yeah, um, the, I will yeah. say that there hasn't been a lot of big transfers going on in the Championship this season, apart from... No, I, th- I don't think the, we're the only ones who, who are struggling financially. Yeah, Middl- Middlesbrough also have signed a few players on on freeze, but it's mostly uh, mostly freeze. There, there not, not an awful lot of money going about. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I've watched the whole city today, actually. Um, lost to Mansfield at home 2-1, but it was very it was very odd. Um, they definitely played very well second half, which was when I got there, because I went specifically to see a player make his hometown, well, his hometown club and making his professional debut at 18. It was called Ollie Green. He was excellent. Um, ticking everything in midfield and involved in the goal and all of that, and then I went quick journey down over the Humber Bridge to Scunthorpe, which is one of the only towns uh, in the world that has the name Cunt in it, um, without having to rearrange the letters. Um, and we had Tom Huddleston play as a trialist. So. Oh wow! Former, formerly of Hull City. Wasn't yeah, he? so he came back today and wore the number twenty-three shirt. Um, whether that means he's going to, because he's a free agent, he hasn't played for Derby since early twenty twenty. So. Um, whether he comes back and signs a year deal with, with lower wages than he previously thought he might get, it's probably a possibility. Um, he was clearly not that fit, but still very good um, with the ball at his feet, as you'd expect. So, yeah, he's always he's always had that kind of deep-lying playmaker credentials. It's just the kind also... of lazy way he strokes the ball but gets so much power on it. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, think I, would, I don't think it's super unfair to suggest he's had uh, fitness issues for the last couple of years of his, his career. Yeah, he's been at Derby and yeah. He had a really bad knee injury also. He did have a bad injury. I think he struggled to get back to full fitness. But he did he did forty five minutes today. Um and he was one of the better players. Um two players that stood out for me after that game was Longman, Ryan Longman, who was actually on loan from Brighton. Um and the other one was Andy Cannon, who we've just signed on a free from Portsmouth, but he scored a spectacular strike to win it um, 
might send you it later so you can see it. I was behind the goal when it went in. So Oh, nice. Always fun when that happens. Yeah, and then there was a bit of trouble at the end as well because it's Holston <sighs> Thorpe. So yeah, it, it meant that me, me and Rich, who were in the car, couldn't leave straight away, which annoyed me more. Um because then the Scunthorpe fans who started it ran off and the police had to chase them. So, I'm I mean, it's a, friend, it's a friendly. It's a, it's a pre-season friendly and people are trying to have scraps. It was just a little bit embarrassing, to be fair. Um, save but, your energy for the season. <laughs> well, yeah. Or save your, <laughs> save your energy for the pub. I mean, not outside in the car park where there are coppers, you know. just seemed a little bit daft to me. But anyway... Uh, yeah. yeah, so it's going to be a long season, I think. But obviously, yeah. at least one of my teams in Seattle is doing pretty well. Yeah, and obviously yeah, really. the uh, the Rapids are doing well as well for you, sir. So. Yeah, I'm pleased with that because I don't think it's going to be a particularly amazing season for Middlesbrough either. Um, yeah. They they've been doing quite well in their preseason friendlies, but it's really hard to tell what what that even means, if anything. So, yeah, um, been enjoying the Rapids this season. I think I've made it to six games so far. Um, so I'll probably try and get a couple more in. It's yeah. nice to be at live football again. Will will uh, the championship be having fans? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Full stadiums it... now. All right. Yeah, because the pandemic's over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently, uh, but yeah. British, I mean, British mo- Freedom Day. <laughs> a lot of people have been double vaccinated, um, yeah. and then the government made the very silly, silly uh, thing to say you need to be double vaccinated to get into these particular places come September, which has obviously caused a whole lot of uproar. So. Um, we won't get into that either. Yeah, please, let's, um, let's not. Let's not. Because it just makes me just, it makes my head boggle that people don't think getting a vaccine is a good idea. But anyway. Hey, quick question. Um, Do you know anyone who's had polio? Uh, uh, yeah, actually. Oh. I do. <laughs> and uh, it was... <laughs> It doesn't really matter, but yeah, I mean, well, I, mean you know, it, I was ho- I was really hoping you were going to say no, so then I could say, well, it's probably because vaccines. Well, in the, I'm it's, very sorry. It's because it's because the you know the vaccine wasn't around when they got it. Um, oh, okay, and... so you're talking about it's a, it's an older person. Yeah, my yeah, granddad yeah, yeah, also yeah, yeah. had polio. But yeah, I, yeah. I meant more sort of our age. Uh, let me ask no. the question again. Okay. You know anyone our age who's ever had polio? No, no. I no. wonder why that is. <laughs> hey, I've got a better question. Do you know anyone no. who's ever had smallpox? Uh no. Uh, that's because it was eradicated in '77 because we started to vaccinate against it. So, anyway, vaccinate people. Just get vaccinated. Yeah, I know just, we just do it. Just do it. A very small sphere of influence here, but they they were actually vaccinating at the at the Rapids game the other day. Yeah, that's and, pretty cool. And at it? the Concacaf game, the Nations League I was at, they were vaccinating, and I went to a show at Red Rocks, and they were also vaccinating there. And that I think is, in a very nerdy way, extremely cool. Mm. Um, my my friend Paul asked how many they'd had get vaccinated at the game. They said they'd vaccinated four people, which you know is not a lot of people, but that's four <laughs> more people than were vaccinated before the game. It's four so, people who will have less um, likelihood of having a bad reaction to it, even if they get it. Yeah, because remember, it doesn't stop you getting it. You know, no, but it does. It but does it help you not. You. Shred so, your you know, lungs to shit. So. Yeah, exactly. So you, let's let's be sensible, people. Let's be sensible, huh? Anyway, sorry to we we did it. We went political. Yeah, we did. It's, it's always going inevitable. to happen. This is a left leaning podcast. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe nobody's made it this far into it. It's we're what about an hour in at this point. Maybe. So. I mean, we we you know on my other podcast with my friend Rich, we do a whole city one, and we we always make '90s sitcom references, and we can start doing that here and just say I had my fun, and that's all that matters, Father <laughs> Ted. That often makes a, an appearance. 
Yeah, I feel uh, like so, I yeah. feel like ours would lean a little more towards the Simpsons side of the spectrum. Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> um, although the Simpsons does crop up in ours too. Um, yeah, Rich is a fan also, isn't he? So. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So yeah, all good. Good chat, mate. As normal, yeah. even though it's been a while since our last one. So yeah, we'll yeah, endeavour to do better. Yeah, well, so uh, I'm sure that so there's actually a full, pretty much full schedule of MLS games tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and then it's the pace kind of keeps on going now. Once the Gold Cup is over, those players will be back. So I'm sure we'll try and get one in for August. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then actually get one in in probably September. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll do our best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, the 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 game that just played, Columbus Crew beat Atlanta. Yeah, what was the score? One nil. It's right. a very Columbus result at the moment. <laughs> Jonathan Mensa scored after sixty-five minutes. Um, so yeah, they just Martinez started amazingly. Oh, um, now that they now they've got Rob Valentino instead. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there now that they've changed coach. But yeah, um, they've got they've got to find some consistency. So um, do. Yeah. All right, mate. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, you too. Um, Speak and, to you uh, soon, bro. Yeah, and thanks to everyone for listening. Um, yeah, we'll we'll catch all up with all of you soon. Catch you soon. <laughs> Bye, Bye. Bye.